Welcome back to Everything is Public Health. I'm MJ. I'm Cass. If you divide everything and every concept in the world into two buckets of things, things I like and things I don't like, right. the things I don't like bucket will be multiple orders of magnitude bigger than the things I like bucket. Yeah. You remind <laughs> me of Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Hopefully not all of Sheldon. Like all the, all the things you don't like. I don't like. like a lot of things. And all this is to say that there are very few things in this world that I actually like. Or I'm a cynic. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, my my natural perspective is one of cautious pessimism. Sure, maybe. sure. Like, I don't go too far down <laughs> a hole, but I'm generally not like a, you know, rainbows, flowers, everything is ducky kind of person who loves everything. So I can appreciate your perspective. <laughs> I'm definitely more pessimistic than you. One of the things that I like almost unequivocally is the postal service. Generally speaking, not just the USPS. I absolutely love the idea of the postal service in any country, the idea of mailing things. I absolutely love stamps. I have a. I wish people could see your arms right now. Yeah, they're now. flapping up and they're down. They're flailing around <laughs> with your excitement. Yeah, I love stamps and I have a huge collection of stamps. I'm super into stationery. So, letter writing is one of the few opportunities that allow me to use my very, very, very fancy pens and paper. Do you love mail? I do love mail. So, when I was a little kid, I loved the idea of getting letters in the mail. So I had several pen pals that I had written with, and that was really fun. Yeah. You and I have yes. have had an ongoing letter writing thing, except since I broke my wrist, I haven't written. And also now that we see each other every week. Yeah. I need to get back into it maybe once my wrist heals. But now that I'm an adult, I don't love the mail because usually it's a bill <laughs> or something. But do you like getting letters that is not the bill? Oh my God. Yes. No, that was my point. Like, I don't love the mail per se because it's people asking for money, either because it's, you know, a foundation trying to raise money or whatever. Yeah. But I do love getting letters. I love getting letters so much. A postal service is, in my humble opinion, a fundamental component of a functioning society for many reasons. One, the postal service is a democratizing thing because it doesn't matter who you are. Anyone can send mail for a relatively small and flat fee. In the past, you need to be rich and powerful to send things. That's sort of how it is passed. With the Postal Service, all you need is a stamp and maybe a box. Sure, there are priority mail and all of that, but it does serve as a really big equalizer in society. Absolutely. And you know, I will say the cost of stamps has increased, So, but it's still a relatively small yeah. flat fee. And you buy forever stamps and they're good forever. So you don't have to worry about increasing costs. But I think the prior administration did a lot to screw over the Postal Service, which is probably leading to some of the increases. But anyway, before the telegraph and the internet, which I love the telegraph, by the way, I wish that I had learned Morse code. I never did. Oh, me too. <laughs> you know, just think Morse code is super cool. Also, for a very long time, I thought it was Morris code when I was a kid, as opposed ah, to Morse, code. Morse. Anyway, prior to the telegraph and the internet, the mail was a big source of information. It's how you got information to people. And the Postal Service is what made that information accessible because the Postal Service is who sent the mail. Yeah. And they're also very, very hardy. Like it didn't stop during COVID. It kept going even during disaster. Rain or shine, sleet or snow, right? Isn't that the... And so funny fact, it's not the official motto. It's a motto that was coined by someone else and it went on the face of the Postal Museum. So people thought it was the motto, but it's even though it's not the official model, the spirit is there. 
right? It doesn't stop. It just keeps going. It's like the Energizer Bunny. Yeah, kind of. It just keeps going. And it keeps going despite any sort of national disaster, which is important. Yeah, we need information even when when there's a disaster happening. And it's important for the communities that it serves, right? So the post, post office is a big employer. A yes, lot of huge. folks work in the postal service, a wide range of backgrounds, demographics, ethnicities, etc., Postal workers often have a union, which means they are stronger together and they can advocate for the things that they need. Relatively good pay. Yeah. Um, and they have good benefits and retirement. Although I think the retirement issue is one of the reasons yes. the post office is kind of schmoed or the USPS because they're required to have so much of their retirement like saved in advance that they are just running out of money. Yeah. And that's an issue that unfortunately we won't touch on in this episode because it's a very complicated issue. But in general, not only does it serve a societal function, it also serves a community function. And uh, we talked about the importance of a public good in the past, right? The Postal Service is 100% a public good. Think about electricity, yeah, internet, water, roads, those are you know, water. Those are all public goods. Yeah. And it's important for public goods to be treated in a different way. A private shipping company will focus on what service are good for them to make money, which means perhaps charging an exorbitant fee to ship to certain places or not offering shipping to those places at all. You think UPS and FedEx as like really powerful shipping company, there are places that they just don't ship to. Like just flat out, they refuse to ship to. Or you have to pay them like hundreds of dollars to ship to because they're just so remote. Or they have incompatible packaging, like you can't ship you know, from FedEx to UPS. And you don't have those problems with a public good. The more something is understood as a public good, the more investment, the more expectation there is for it to be universal, and then the better it is. They are required to deliver everywhere, to every address in the country. Absolutely. And in addition to the mail, which we've talked about, the post office, postal service has other services too. Like if you want to send international mail or mail to military bases, that's often most easiest to do through USPS. You can actually send money, like money orders and postal banking through the mail are less common now. A lot of folks just do that over the interwebs, but that was something previously. You can do passports at the post office. A lot of folks probably don't know. You can apply for and sort of handle your passport processing at the post office. For some folks who maybe don't want to get mail delivered to their house, you can get a post office, they can hold packages for you, et cetera. And so they have just a lot of a range of services beyond just sending mail, just mail because they are a government entity and they can assist with a range of things that would be expected of a government agency organization as a public good. Yeah. And think of it as like a convenience store, almost like a 7-Eleven. If they're everywhere, that means they could cover a lot of ground. Uh, the USPS is actually a part of the Constitution, specifically Article 1, Section 8, Clause 7. Of course you know that. <laughs> <laughs> this means that it is a federal thing, like we said, and the federal government has the responsibility of making sure this public good is as accessible to everyone as possible. Again, this is a democratizing aspect of the Postal Service. Being a federal function also means that certain level of standardization. Can you imagine what would happen if the Postal Service was state-based? Like every state have one. Yeah, not just standardization, but coordination. Yeah. Like, you know, if states get into a little spat for one reason or another, they might say, well, I'm not going to... I'm not going to use your stamps. You know, I'm not going (laughs) to accept your stamps or I'm not going to ship your letters from your state to people in my state. But being a federal service, If you walk into a post office in Baltimore, Maryland, you can expect it to look virtually indistinguishable from a post office in 
Los Angeles, California. I mean, it might be bougier in LA. <laughs> I don't know. But like the same resources are likely to be available. You're going to pay the same. Whether you buy a stamp in LA or you buy a stamp in Baltimore, you're paying the same price for a stamp. Yeah. Lastly, the Postal Service is vital to our democracy. I actually have never voted in person. I am a big proponent of mail-in voting. I've always voted by mail. I don't know about you. Weird. So I grew up, so Washington State, they just, they only do mail-in voting. So that was my first experience. And then I have almost exclusively voted in person since, except for COVID, when Maryland just did all mail-in voting. I'm going to try to get out to do early voting. Oh, wait, did it end? Early voting in today? 15th, maybe. Anyway, the primary is on Tuesday, and I'm not sure how I'm going to be feeling on Tuesday. So we'll see. Anyway, I need to vote still in the primary. Whether you vote in person or you have mail-in voting, I think it's unequivocal that mail-in voting is very, very helpful. Honestly, in my opinion, should be a thing available for everyone. Absolutely. And when you think about, we have not made the decision in the US that a lot of other places have made to make voting at least like full on election day, a national holiday. Yeah, we haven't done that. It's harder for primaries because states do these at different times, but states could make this a state holiday and give people the day off, thereby increasing access to voting. But we know that when more people vote, certain parties are less likely to be elected. And so there are lots of efforts to dissuade people. But if you allowed everybody to vote by mail, then you would definitely increase access to voting. Of course. And the more access people have to voting, the better. So these are just some of the big reasons why the Postal Service is so important. And now at this point, I'm sure listeners have one big question on their mind. What does this have to do with public health? I'm so glad you asked. So for (laughs) millions of Americans, medication is a big part of their lives. I'm not talking about over-the-counter medications. I'm not talking about your allergy meds that make your nose less runny. I'm talking about life-sustaining medications like insulin, blood thinners. I can't come up with another example, but I'm pretty sure those exist. (laughs) The Postal Service is responsible for 4 million prescription shipments per day. What happens I don't know, when someone in power wants to, I don't know, sabotage the USPS in favor of privatization. It can make it overly costly for people to access medications. It can impact the ability for them to ship things. I mean, just seeing mailboxes, these, the, you know, the big blue mailboxes being ripped out of the street. Oh, hurts my heart. And shutting down postal service offices and saying, we're not going to use airplanes because it's going to save us this money, failing to recognize that then we're going to lose all this money because we're not shipping on airplanes. Like it just, yeah, I am very pro keeping the USPS as a public good because as you said already, it is a democratizing force. It increases access to goods, services, and other things that otherwise might be excessively costly if it was privatized. Yeah. And again, I want to emphasize these are life-sustaining medications. Like if there were delays, if there were like if the postal services was messed up in some way, uh, you're talking about people not getting their medications and possibly getting harmed or dying from it. The Trump-appointed Postmaster General, Louis DeJoy, has been and will continue to destroy the postal service. Not a joyful name. Not a joyful man. No. Boo. It's what happened. What do you call it? Irony? When someone's name doesn't match their what they do. So he will continue to destroy the postal service from within because he is 100% trying to privatize the post. I won't go through all the crimes 
on his list because that list is very long. But unfortunately, Biden can't fire him because the postmaster general can only be removed by the USPS Board of Governors, which is packed by Republicans. Ironically, the reason why the postmaster general has this extra layer of protection is because the founding fathers recognized the importance of the postal service. So they made it extra hard for the president to fire the postmaster general because they recognized that it is an important function. It is ironic now that that is what's getting in the way of the USPS right now, is a terrible postmaster general that unfortunately the president cannot remove. Have you ever had medications mailed to you? I'm just curious. Not for me, but we often do mail order prescriptions for our pets. Oh, yeah, of course. I totally forgot Mm -hmm. about that. Of course, for our pets. Yeah, so it's really convenient cost-wise. It's like the actual cost of the medication isn't all that different, but convenience-wise, James and I are both busy and it's sometimes a pain in the butt to get across town to go pick up medications. And so being able to put them through online and get them delivered is amazing. And they usually come like really quick in a day or two, like they come really fast from the post office. Yeah. The USPS costs less than private shippers. Like people think that private shippers are better, but no, like in a lot of cases, USPS is actually way better and way cheaper too. I love the flat rate boxes. My dad and I in the before times would ship stuff to each other all the time. And, you know, basically you'd, you'd get a box. And whatever you could fit in that box for $12 or $14, like that's that's what you would send. And we would just send each other all sorts of absurd stuff. So it was always fun to open the box. You're like, oh, what's in here? But yeah, I wouldn't have been able to ship that box with a private, you know, because they would have done it by weight or whatever, as opposed to just the size of the box. So they say because the USPS boxes are flat rate, you could stuff it with the densest metal in the world. I I forgot what the metal is, but you could stuff it so that it weighs like almost like 500 pounds. You could still ship it because it's flat rate. Whereas a private shipper would do it by weight and it would cost like thousands of dollars to ship something that heavy. But yep, it's a flat rate box. You literally cannot break the weight limit by density because that's how generous it is. So anyway, so uh, you may not have someone who gets the medication in their post. I have never. But again, the spirit of public health is about the health of everyone. And we should care about the well-being of other people that's not ourselves. And that's kind of public health's whole shtick. Right. The whole goal of public health, as you said, is to improve the health of everyone. And that means that we need to have improved access to public goods like the United States Postal Service to make sure that people can have access to affordable shipping, get their mail, whatever it might be. And even if something doesn't directly affect you, it's still important because it might affect someone else. And, you know, you are like in the future, right? Or you in the future. And guess what? Like there are probably very few people who get zero mail from the USPS. So like this touches on everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Everything is Public Health. Hopefully after today's episode, you have a greater appreciation of the postal service, not just USPS but the postal services in any country, wherever that country may be. Absolutely. And buy stamps, write letters. You can send us letters. We don't have a physical address that we've provided to you. But if you really want to send us a letter, send us an email first, and then we can let you know where (laughs) you can send it. And please remember to vote. Yours may have passed already, but please be prepared and registered for the November general election. Yes. And always advocate for absentee or mail-in voting, even though you may not need it, other people may. A big shout out to the postal workers all over. 
over the world. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and spread the word so more and more people can learn about the awesomeness of public health. New episodes are released every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Please give us a rating and a review. It does help the show immensely. Send us questions or comments to everythingispublichealth at gmail.com. Reach out if you think we missed an important perspective or suggest a future episode topic. Here's an interesting story and fact that I learned recently about postal services around the globe. So in the United States, we have a pretty systematic address system for the post to deliver. But there are certain countries, and I find it really funny, there are certain countries where they don't have a strong address system. If you want to send something, you will have to say, okay, once you reach the red door, you want to to turn left and walk like 50 paces. Oh. And you have to write that on the envelope. Interesting. For for the post people to be like, okay, I'm at the red door. Okay, I got it. Because they don't have a... like zip codes or whatever. So they have to write directions on the letter, which I I thought it must be a nightmare for them. But also it's kind of cute to write on the envelope itself. Yeah, once you reach a certain point, you want to turn around. Interesting. But anyway, that's a funny fact. Fun fact about the Postal Service internationally. Follow us on Twitter at EverythingIsPH or Instagram at EverythingIsPublicHealth. You can also find me on Twitter at Dr. Grafasi. More information regarding this episode can be found in the show notes below. Listeners, we have a Patreon page that going forward would also act as our website. Please visit the site for all major updates and bonus material. I'm trying my best to keep it updated and interesting. If you want to support the show directly, you can support us on our Patreon page as well, which you can find the link in the episode description below. And remember, everything is public health. Everything is public health.